Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This week on the Happy Half Hour. He was very stern, you know, with sending him early to the locker room, and he was very pointed and direct, and there wasn't a ton of back and forth between those two. And I think that kind of exemplifies, you know, the side of his leadership where we say, you know, oh, he's he's a firm guy, he's a tough guy, and it's he kind of showed it, and then we saw what happened as a result. Touchdown, Carolina! It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Augusta Stone, and Darren Gant. That's right. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast with your friends, Darren, Augusta, and Kristen. Happy Thursday morning, everybody. How are we feeling? Cold. It's a little it's a chilly. It's colder now. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. Every year I was telling Darren, it's like, you think I grew up in Florida because if it gets below 50, I'm freezing. I grew up in, I always say the North Georgia mountains. I was really in the valley, but it still gets pretty cold there. So um, I can't handle the cold. I'm a I, big baby. I do love it. I love a little coziness. <laughs> It, I do like a little fall, although Miss Jerry at the front desk has been teasing me the last couple of weeks. Uh, she saw me come in in long pants the other day, and she's like, I don't think I've ever seen you in long pants, because I try to wear shorts as long as I possibly can. Yeah. And she said something this morning, and she was like, it's pretty much long pants from here on out, isn't it? And I said, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of looking that way. I think it's going up into the 70s next All week. All right. But, uh, yep, I've turned my... my uh, Weather talk on. I'm such a parent. Now. The heat like we could just is talk on. for the whole half hour about the the weather in North Carolina. <laughs> uh, oh God, Kristen's turning into the insurance commercial. I sure am. I sure am proudly. <laughs> Absolutely, I love to talk about the weather. Um, but we have plenty of other things to talk about on this episode. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about what we have learned from Steve Wilkes. Let's call it week and a half tenure as um, as interim head coach. Obviously, the game against the Rams did not go the way that the team wanted it to go or fans wanted it to go. Just a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of adversity in that game. But um, but we've seen some some good things and some bad things. So let's let's talk about it all. So, Darren, let's start with you. What have we learned since Steve Wilkes has taken over the helm? Well, I mean, first and foremost, Steve Wilkes has not inherited an enviable position with everything that's going on at the quarterback position, the guys being hurt. But I do think that Steve's got a tone about him that when things may seem chaotic, he's got such a steady hand on the wheel that you feel all right about it. I mean, he is... He is not a guy who projects panic or anything like that. And I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, Steve is kind of an old defensive coordinator. He wants to simplify things. He wants to strip it down. You saw that in the game plan last week. I mean, he said, we want to run the ball. And early on in that game, they ran the ball well and controlled it. It was like 11 minutes of the first quarter. 
uh, they had possession and things were looking pretty good. You get a defensive score from Dante, but it just as with a lot of things with the quarterback uh, situation they've had this year wasn't necessarily sustainable. But I I do kind of I guess like appreciate the fact that Steve's got a steadiness about him. You know, he knows this isn't an ideal situation. There's no interim head coach who's ever walked into an ideal situation. But uh, he's got kind of the personality to handle it and, and try to lead guys through it. I mean, it's really the only, only thing you can do when you find yourself in this moment. Well, I'll go with the thing that I have learned about Steve Wilkes um, because it relates a little bit to yours, Darren, that of you know he has such a history with the Panthers, but the person on the Panthers who may have known him the longest is long snapper J.J. Jansen. Of course. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he told me that they have known each other since – 2004, so almost 20 years, when J.J. was a freshman at Notre Dame and he was coaching DBs. And he said, I've, I've known him since I was a scrawny little freshman at Notre Dame. And then he said, well, maybe not scrawny, <laughs> which I thought was great. But to your point, Darren, um, I, I spoke with J.J. last week on, on Wednesday, so right after the transition. And he said, I think knowing Steve Wilkes for as long as I have, that he has the temperament to step into this situation because of the way that he can just block everything out and focus, um, the way he's a, a great communicator, clear, concise, uh, and ready for the challenge. And it just really struck me what you just said, mm-hmm. Darren. I think we're all seeing that as well, the thing that J.J. told me to look out for. So that's something that that I've learned. He goes way back with J.J. Jansen. Augusta, what about you? Exactly. Well, it's like you said, when you said communication style, I felt like you were almost reading my mind because <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's he's a very stern communicator. I've noticed this not only like on the practice field and obviously when he's talking to the team, but also when he's talking to the media, which as a reporter, I find that refreshing when you have someone who speaks in indefinites or, you know, answers things very, very clearly. You know, you ask him a question, he'll look you dead in the eye and he'll answer. And I just I, I, I find that very uh, respectable. And from my position, and it's 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 easier to work with a coach like that. Um, but I also just um, think we saw his sort of stern, pointed style um, in a situation that was not ideal along the sidelines against the Rams. Um, when we saw Robbie Anderson and his position coach Joe Daly kind of get into a small little spat uh, a couple of times. And the, I saw the video replays of it, but he was very stern, you know, with sending him early to the locker room. And he was very pointed and direct. And there wasn't a ton of back and forth between those two. And I think think that kind of exemplifies, you know, the side of his leadership where we say, you know, oh, he's he's a firm guy. He's a tough guy. And it's he kind of showed it. And then we saw what happened as a result. Um, and and now Robbie is in Arizona. So. Yeah, let's let's. A, yeah. Great yeah. segue. Let's talk about that, Darren. Yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a mess. And it was pointing that direction. Honestly, I, I think it's fair to say Robbie wasn't thrilled uh, with the way things were going. Again, the offense in general isn't clicking right now when you're 32nd in the league, that's fair to say, um, and the passing game in particular. And so Robbie is a guy, every wide receiver wants targets. Every one of them wants to be involved. Every one of them wants to be the guy making plays downfield. Nobody's making plays downfield right now. So Robbie wasn't necessarily happy. Um, you know, there was there was some talk about his relationship with Matt Rule being a, a component of it, but I don't know that that's necessarily it. I mean, Robbie just wants to be, you know, involved and, in, you know, featured more in a passing game that's got success. And, you know, we'll see how it works out for him out in Arizona. They obviously needed the help with Hollywood Brown uh, getting hurt. Um, interesting side note, Hollywood Brown had to go see Dr. Robert Anderson 
in Green Bay about his foot and ankle, and now he's replaced in the lineup by Dr. Robert Anderson, who is uh, uh, on his way. That's great. Who's been practicing with the Cardinals for a couple days now. We'll see if he's out there on the field tonight. I I don't know how quickly Robbie will pick up, but, you know, it just became an untenable situation because when somebody doesn't want to be here and and kind of makes it obvious that he doesn't want to be around with the way he behaved on the sidelines, I mean, we've seen Robbie get into it on the sidelines before. It, It was with Joe Brady in the past. He's he's gotten in those situations previously. Sam Darnold. And it just got ugly. And when it gets ugly and they're in the situation you get in, you get guys gone. And Scott Fitterer got on the phone Monday morning and was able to get two things for one Robbie. So it uh, a six-round pick in 24 and a seven in 25 is not a lot. Uh, but considering the situation and considering what it looked like, getting a couple of things – you know, some extra draft inventory for the future is not the worst thing because I don't know how much good Robbie was doing them in the short term anyway. Mm-hmm. And and now you spend the rest of the season looking at Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, see what they've got to offer well, at that Chenault position. when he's healthy. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to kind of adjust on the fly when things like that happen. But it um, it's that time of year. It feels like it worked out well for everyone involved, uh, Robbie included. As you said, right. we'll see how it goes. So certainly we wish him all the best. Sure. But, you know, as we sit here Thursday morning, uh, that is the only trade that has happened. Um, but the trade deadline is looming. So yep. what are you two hearing about what the Panthers may or may not do? Well, the one thing I don't think they're doing is is trying to trade everybody on the roster. I mean, Scott— I've heard the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Scott always says you listen to everything. And people, listen, people are calling about Christian McCaffrey. You know why? Because Christian McCaffrey is really good at football. Um, and other people would enjoy having a Christian McCaffrey. It's just a matter of what to say. They're not going to give him away. I, I don't think you're going to see a situation where— you know, they're not going to trade Christian for a fourth-round pick or something. They're not just throwing a guy away. If somebody calls and offers, I, I think you're obliged to listen. Uh, I think you have to listen to every offer and see because, you know, realistically the Carolina Panthers are going to be going into an offseason where they want to find stability at quarterback, and a lot of people think that means drafting one. And if you're trying to draft quarterback, you know, I, I don't think it's the pick you're going to get in exchange, but any picks you add helps you in the process. So if you need to move up and get a particular guy that you like, or you need to package picks and trade for a Matt Stafford, I mean, you never know when. We didn't know at the time Matt Stafford was going to be available when he became available. So I, I think you you just kind of got to look at it as inventory if you make a deal for that or whatever picks it happens to be. And And I don't think they're absolutely – intent on trading him. I mean, I, I think if they don't get an appropriate offer, or they don't get what feels like value. Why would you just give the guy away? You wouldn't. So, uh, because he has high value to your team right now with the way he's been playing. And that's, that's the thing that's important to remember after not seeing a lot of Christian for the last two years, the Christian we're seeing right now, it's like, wow, this guy's getting it done again. And, and I think that's what's got a lot of people interested, but I don't think you know, they're not trying to trade off Brian Burns. or, mm-hmm. or It's not like they're just trying to accumulate future draft picks for the next full-time head coach that they're going to hire in 2023. So 
it's not a fire sale. It's not give everybody away. It's not clear the decks or anything of the sort. And and they're not going to take pennies on the dollar for guys. I mean, there are assets here. And I think that's worth remembering at a time when everybody's talking about what's going wrong, what's, you know, who could be on the way out, those kind of things. I mean, this is still a team that going into 23 still has Brian Burns, still has Derek Brown, still has J.C. Horn, still has Jeremy Chin as kind of the guts of a a defense, along with Dante, D.J. Moore on the other side. The starting five on the offensive line that's played every snap so far this year and has some good depth in Bradley Bozeman and Cam Irving and Michael Jordan, uh, you know, that stuff's in place. And so I I think there is – things that, you know, they're going to want to build on. And so you look at it and you listen, and I don't think it's a fire sale by any stretch of the imagination, but you never know what could happen. I've heard the same thing. You know, there are a lot of, as you named, just a, a few of, of the really talented players on this team, and they've been developed and are are playing well at a lot of different mm-hmm. positions. And um, I've, I've heard the same, that that's not something that's on uh, the radar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Trying to keep those pieces in place right. is important. So we'll certainly see what happens. We never know, of course. That's why we love and sometimes hate football, right? We never, you never know what's <laughs> going to happen. But I yeah. always appreciate. We're in the football business, but also the news business. Yes, we all know that surely. our lives can change with one phone call. We sure do. We sure do. Um, but but Darren, you talked about stability at quarterback. So let's talk about quarterback as it stands right now, Augusta. Um, we have heard. Uh, Steve Wilkes say that it will be. Why are you guys laughing? Huh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, if you think about it, there is a sense of stability because I, I Steve Wilkes told us to be prepared for the same starter and the same backup. That backup is Jacob Beast. That is one way to look at it's it. Completed five Augusta. passes, but yeah, 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 it is a sense of stability. It yeah. is continuity. Yep, <laughs> week by week. Oh my goodness, no. Um, I, I, I got to speak with Jacob Eason on Monday, and uh, I just I really enjoy talking to him because he has such a such an honest outlook about things. But at the same time, like I, I genuinely asked him, I said, "Okay, look, like you come off the practice squad. Uh, you've been here since August 31st, so I was right in late August, and I was like, it's about as late in August as you can get. You get here from Seattle on a red eye, learn everything really quickly, and then lo and behold, PJ Walker ends up, you know, hurting his neck. He's fine, and he'll play uh, this." week and he practiced yesterday but um all that to say you know I was like the the circumstances like they're wild he goes oh they're wild like he he Mm -hmm. gave it right back he was like it is absolutely wild um having to learn on the fly but that's kind of I I think I talked about it last week but the mindset of the backup and it's it's so interesting you know I I wrote about it yesterday I sort of went down the list of like okay so PJ Walker he hurt his neck but he's fine and he took all the first team reps and then Jacob Eason he'll be behind him Baker Mayfield still isn't clear but he's still running around and he's still you can tell he wants to get out there so badly. And then Sam Darnold returned yesterday. And the response on Twitter that I saw whenever I tweeted a photo of him was very excited, which yeah. was cool. Um, and just but, to clarify, yeah. as I know we know this because we're reading all yeah. the articles, he's designated to return yes, from right. IR. So yeah, we return to the practice field. But we are not anticipating him being ready to go. Right. And just no. to just to yes, make sure that our you. listeners aren't aren't um, showing the same excitement as Twitter, thank right? You. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. still some time. Still exactly. some time there. Guy hadn't played football in seven weeks, so exactly. I think it's reasonable to let him practice for a couple of days before he gets right back into it. And he'll need a little time. But 
Uh, it's also a different Sam Darnold, as pointed out by Christian McCaffrey. He's got a sweet beard. I was going to uh, say, are you referencing the beard? I love the beard. The beard looks beard. good. It's, uh, Sam's one of those guys. I can't grow a decent beard. Sam has. And uh, Christian said yesterday he's got big leprechaun energy. <laughs> And so Sam was like, wait a minute, I'm taking this from Christian McCaffrey? It was kind of funny That's watching fu- that those is two funny. go back and forth. But, uh, yeah, the bearded Sam Darnold uh, could be back and, and could be a factor, honestly, because we, we don't know right now how long Baker might be out if Baker's coming back. And, and I asked Steve Wilkes last week, I said, when Baker comes back and he's healthy, is he absolutely the starter? And Steve said something other than, yes, absolutely. I mean, he talked about those guys are going to compete for it again. So there was a competition once upon a time, and then Baker came back and hadn't played great before he got hurt. So all things are kind of on the table right now. So the idea that we might see Sam Darnold at some point this year, we might see P.J. Walker some more, we might see Baker Mayfield again, you know, right now as we sit here on Thursday morning at 1030 in the morning, it's kind of hard to tell what's coming next. Well, whoever we see over these next few weeks is is very lucky in the fact that this offensive line has been playing together and they have been playing well, as our very own Panther stats guy, Will Bryan, is going to tell us in his dun 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 Will's stat of the week. All right, so as promised, live from our undisclosed location inside Bank of America Stadium, here's Panthers stats guy with this week's stat of the week. So Iki Aquanu. Yeah, he's okay. He's been playing pretty well, right, Darren? Last two weeks, he has a 75.8 pass blocking grade, according to PFF. That's the highest among rookie tackles in the NFL over that span. And it's not just him. The entire offensive line has really been playing quite well. Their pass blocking grade over the course of the season so far ranks seventh in the NFL. So what once was a weakness really has become a strength. Really is strange days that we're talking this way about a Panthers offensive line. I can always count on you on putting it in perspective. Thanks, man. We need theme music for that. I think when Will comes in, he needs to have his own theme song. I think you should sing him a theme Maybe song. Maybe a jingle. Darren. We'll come out. I'll see if I can write something for next week. Maybe hum a few bars. <laughs> I would love that. But it's a great point, right? This offensive yeah. line has um, become very stable. Right. And um, is is doing a good job. And, and again, it just blows my mind that we're having these conversations because watching last year. 14 lineups in 17 weeks, and literally guys walking in off the street. You know, they claim Michael Jordan off waivers from the Bengals at, mm-hmm. at initial cuts coming out of the coming out of training camp, and he ends up starting 10 games. Yeah. So, you know, last year was just a grab bag. Every week it was a different group, and now for the same guys, same five guys to start and play every snap of the first six games. Now, Pat Elfline's on the injury report this week, hadn't practiced. So, you know, if Pat's not able to go, having a Bradley Bozeman who started 48 games the last three years for the Baltimore Ravens is a pretty good place to be. And, again, after last year, I know it just clouded my judgment. But between Bozeman, Jordan, uh, Cam Irving, who – here's a tease for you – Coming up this week on Panthers.com, we are, I've, I'm working on a story about Icky and his development and, and the role Cam Irving plays in it. And it's pretty, I think it's going to be a pretty cool little story. So be on the lookout for that on Panthers.com I'm later so this week. I'm so excited to read that because I that's something I noticed from game one on the sidelines, you know, doing radio sideline yep. is 
just um, and I, Darren, I don't want to steal your phrase. It's the perfect phrase of Cam uh, Irving being the icky whisperer. You know, he's really taken that that role as he's not playing much to uh, guide and develop and support um, Icky Aquanu, and it's incredible. So I yeah. can't wait to read that. And this Aquanu kid, pretty good at football. I think he's going to be pretty good. I, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about injuries overall, though. You mentioned Pat Elfline being on the injury report, and um, you know, aside from the quarterback um, issues and injuries in the last game against the Rams, which we've already addressed, uh, that defense, especially that secondary, was pretty thin in that last game, and they were already yeah. missing some key pieces. You know, your Frankie Louvus, your J.C. Horn. So Augusta. Darren, what are you two hearing about who may or may not be healthy, who may or may not play the state of the defense? Yesterday, Steve Wilkes had a ton of optimism, especially around the cornerbacks. So Dante, he said that Dante Jackson told him that he'd be able to play um, with that ankle. And he wasn't dressed out in practice yesterday, but I I wouldn't I'm not I'm not reading into that too much um and then jc horn was back which was really good news um he was in the green limited at some capacity jersey frankie louvu same deal though he's been taking the green jersey on and off even when he was playing so um there's some general optimism i think around that which is so good because i mean i wrote about it after the game uh in los angeles i mean they were tay hayes was out there and they had just he had just been called up from the practice squad so mm-hmm. it was yeah. they Bay were and Jacob Eason yeah I mean, two practice squad guys that had uh, important roles in that game <laughs> yeah yeah so so um but I, I think there's a general sense of optimism yesterday it was good because yesterday was like the pads day since they've moved it from Thursday to Wednesday so you kind of get to see like who's gonna go out there I saw JC Horn you know getting good work in after last week I think he spent the entire week you know in sweats and not dressed out so that's that's definitely positive and then he missed the trip because it's a rib and and all of that. But yeah, I actually pulled up the injury list like before we started because it's gotten so long and I'm going to start forgetting them. Um, but yeah, and then CJ Henderson, concussion mm-hmm. protocol. He wasn't even out there yesterday. I saw him in the locker room though, so he's around. But. Which is standard with concussion protocol. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. But yeah, they were running out of dudes yeah. last yeah. Sunday. I mean, they had Tay Hayes and Aaron Mosby out there playing defensive <laughs> snaps on the end. And um, yeah, that's not an ideal situation because you were running out of DBs when Dante gets hurt and doesn't finish. JC's inactive. CJ is in concussion is in protocol. Concussion protocol, and all of a sudden you look up and Keith Taylor and Tay Hayes are the only two corners you've got left. So you know, thank goodness for guys like Miles Hartsfield who can do a lot of different things because they kind of need guys who can do a lot of different things in the situation they were in. But it was good, and, and I talked to J.C. a little bit in the locker room, and he, and he feels pretty good about being able to play this week. He just um, – J.C.'s one of those guys he's always going to want to play, and mm-hmm. he's always going to want to push it. So you you hope he gets healed up and uh, doesn't set himself back or anything like that. But it, it was definitely a positive sign to see him out there on the practice field yesterday because – He's a guy they're going to need because, let's be honest, right now playing against a team like the Bucs, uh, they did not look great last week against the Steelers. But, oh, by the way, Tom Brady, also pretty good at football. So it's going to be a little bit of an all-hands-on-deck. You're going to need Frankie Louvu out there trying to move the old man off his spot. You're going to need J.C. Horn in the back covering because those Bucks receivers have made some plays in the past. So, uh, they are definitely going to need those guys this weekend. Well, we'll see what happens, right? Bucks come into town uh, on Sunday, and uh, we'll see how it all goes, guys. Arg! Should we make pirate jokes? <laughs> you can G- give there's us one. A, there's an in- yeah. 
It, uh, I was looking back at the film of the Rams game, especially the second half, and it was rated R. <laughs> that was pretty good on the spot, Darren. Uh, I laughed. Is that going back that, to me, though, becoming a parent, laughing that, at those things that, and talking about the weather? That might be. We've, uh, we, I, I know my go-to guy in our staff meetings is Alex Grant because I know no matter how terrible a joke I tell, my guy Alex is going to laugh He at does it, the same so thing with he, me, too. He's so, great for, like, a nice sympathy laugh. That's, like, oh, I see your effort on this joke. A, yeah. He's such a good teammate because some of those jokes – Bill just looked at him the other day and it's like, don't encourage him. He'll tell more jokes. We should always encourage Darren, especially when it comes to pirate jokes. Uh, Thank you both so much. Happy, happy half hour, and we'll see you next week. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.